0: That's what I'm going to be talking about today is God's sovereignty, God's uh, hand in all things. So if you take your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 8, Uh, we're going to be reading verses 28 through 39 through the course of the message today. And uh, just to introduce myself again, I'm Don Harrell. My wife, Gloria, is here with us, and we were here last week and had a delightful time with you folks, and we're so happy to be back here again today to share the Word with you. And uh, so, if you'll take your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 8, if you, if you have your Bible with you or your cell phone, if you have your Bible app, and uh, we'll be looking at that Today. Let's uh, just ask God again to bless. Father, I do pray that you'll bless our time in your word. Uh, Speak to our hearts. Uh, Speak through me, Lord, I pray. And uh, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Roger Thompson shares this story. In southern Alabama, many years ago, a certain region grew cotton as their primary cash crop uh, but then one year the bull weevil this nasty little insect attacked and wiped out the entire harvest. It was devastating for the farmers. The next year came along and again as always they planted cotton and for a second year in a row the bull weevil just wiped out their cotton crop and now it was a very desperate situation. well the next year, The farmers all got together and decided, we're going to try something new. We're going to grow peanuts. So they planted peanuts, and they all had a bumper crop of peanuts that year, uh, so much that it was enough to eliminate all their debts. And in the end, they erected a, a monument in the town square, a monument to the... Bull weevil. <laughs> well, it illustrates a point, okay, that God can take all the things that happen in our lives and work them together for good. That's the message of Romans 8:28. It's a familiar verse to many of us. In the ESV it reads, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. The NIV reads just a little bit differently, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. I believe that we can take this verse as a promise of God and claim it for ourselves. Uh, Romans 8:28 assures us that in all things, God is at work for our good. Now, I have a few questions to ask of this. The first question is, to whom does this word of assurance apply? Well, it applies to those who meet two criteria. Uh, First of all, to those who are called according to God's purpose. And what is God's purpose? Well, it is to make us like Jesus. God calls people to himself to be in good and right relationship with him, AND THOSE WHO HAVE HEARD IN THEIR HEARTS GOD'S IRRESISTIBLE CALL AND HAVE RESPONDED IN FAITH, THESE ARE THE CALLED. SO THE QUESTION WE ASK OURSELVES TODAY IS, HAVE I HEARD GOD'S CALL UPON MY HEART? HAVE I OPENED UP THE DOOR OF MY LIFE TO JESUS? THAT'S THE QUESTION WE ASK OURSELVES. Uh, HAVE I ASKED JESUS TO COME INTO MY HEART TO FORGIVE MY SIN? to be Lord of my life. If so, I have been called according to God's purpose. Well, there's a second criteria, and it's to those who love God. So, again, we we need to ask ourselves a question. Do I love God? Do I love God? Uh, 1 John 4, 14 through 16. uh, 15 through 16, all who proclaim that Jesus is the Son of God, have God living in them, and they live in God. We know that, we know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in Him. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. God is love. When we put our trust in Jesus, Jesus comes into our hearts, and He puts His love in us. Is that true in your life? Has God filled your heart with love? Can you honestly say, I love God? I'm sure that none of us can say that we perfectly love God. We all have a long ways to go in that department. But can we honestly say, I love you, Lord. I do love you, Lord. Those who love God and have been called according to his purpose well, that's really two sides of the same coin. Both speak of the true believer in Christ. Therefore, if you're a genuine Christ follower, be assured Romans 8:28 applies to you. Now there's a second question we would ask ourselves of Romans 8:28, and that is, what is our good? Uh, is it our comfort? Is it our pleasure? Is it uh, a happy family with no hassles? Is it a luxury SUV? Is it the Mariners winning the World Series? Wasn't that an amazing comeback game yesterday afternoon? My goodness, I had given up all hope. Well, don't get me started, okay? But, um, you know, what is our good? And to answer that question, we look at uh, verses 29 and 30. Glorified. Now, there's some pretty big, heavy theological words in those verses, and don't let that scare you off. Uh, the main point I'm trying to make here is that our good speaks of conformity to Christ. That is our good. Uh, that's what God wants for us. That's his divine purpose, that we be made like Jesus. Now, from start to finish, this is the work of God. Uh, Salvation is not a matter of us reaching up to God. It's a matter of him reaching down to us and saving us and doing a work of grace in our lives. Uh, God knew us before the beginning of time. It's an amazing thought. And God predestined or chose that we should be conformed to Christ-likeness. AND GOD CALLED US TO HIMSELF, AND ALL WE DID WAS RESPOND IN FAITH TO THAT CALL. THERE'S NO MERIT IN THERE. That's NOTHING THAT WE CAN, YOU KNOW, PAT OUR BACKS ON. WE JUST MERELY RECEIVED AND uh, RESPONDED TO THE CALL OF GOD IN FAITH. AND GOD THEN JUSTIFIES US. He gave us right standing with himself. He declared us righteous in his eyes. And then verse 30 says that those whom he justified, he also glorified. 1 John 3, 2 and 3, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will has not yet been... Has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Someday we will stand before God, we'll see Jesus face to face, and we will share in his glory. We will be perfectly transformed into his likeness. We'll, we will be finally and completely glorified. It's sure to happen. Right now, we are in process. Uh, God is at work in our lives to purify us, to, to refine us. He is carving, chiseling, sanding, smoothing, uh, polishing us to look more and more like Christ. And someday the process will be complete. We will be glorified. Uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 says, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. God has begun his good work, and he will surely finish his good work in us. Amen? Amen. Romans eight twenty eight assures us that God works all things together for our good. The good, the bad, the happy, the sad, the pleasant, the harsh. He works all things together for our ultimate good. Now, it's kind of like baking a chocolate cake from scratch. Not that I've ever done that. But, you know, you take the ingredients. You have a a raw egg, and you have flour, and you have baking powder and oil and uh, salt and uh, unsweetened chocolate. Remember, as a boy, once I bit into a bar of unsweetened chocolate, and yuck, oh, it's terrible, bitter, you know. But you take all those ingredients, and and, uh, all of them are kind of disgusting in themselves, maybe. You wouldn't eat any of them plain, but you mix it all together, and you bake it in the oven at 350 degrees for... 30 minutes or whatever, and what comes out is this beautiful, tasty cake. And so it is that God works all things together in our lives for our ultimate good, which is to make us like Jesus. The Christian Worker magazine told the story of a young man who decided to grow peaches, and so he went out and he invested everything he had in uh, developing this peach orchard. But then disaster hit one spring as a heavy frost wiped out all of the, ple- of the peach blossoms. The next Sunday, he wasn't in church. Sunday after that, he was a no-show. Sunday after that, again, he was absent. So uh, his pastor decided, well, I better go pay this young man a visit. And when he got there, the young man blurted out, I'm not going to church anymore. Do you think I can worship a God who cares so little about me that he would let a frost kill all my peaches? Well, the pastor looked at the young man with compassion in his eyes. He said, God loves you better than he loves your peaches. He knows that while peaches do better without frost." IT IS IMPOSSIBLE TO GROW THE BEST MEN WITHOUT FROST. GOD'S GOAL IS TO GROW PEOPLE, NOT PEACHES. YOU KNOW, THERE'S MANY THINGS THAT HAPPEN IN OUR LIVES THAT WE JUST DON'T UNDERSTAND. WHY, LORD? WHY? YOU KNOW, WHY DID I SUFFER THIS FINANCIAL LOSS? WHY DID I SUFFER THIS ACCIDENT? WHY ARE YOU ALLOWING MY CHILD TO SUFFER? WHY HAVE YOU ALLOWED TERRIBLE THINGS TO COME INTO MY LIFE OR TO AFFECT THOSE I LOVE? WHY, LORD? WHY? Uh, and, AND I DON'T KNOW THE ANSWERS TO THOSE QUESTIONS ALWAYS. I KNOW THERE'S THINGS IN MY LIFE THAT I'VE HAD TO ASK, WHY, LORD, HAVE YOU ALLOWED THIS TO HAPPEN? I'm sure that's true for you, too. And I know as a church that you've been going through some difficult times. A few months back, you lost your beloved pastor to an unexpected death. And I know that others of you have also been going through some deep sad things in your lives. And uh, last Sunday, some of you talked to Gloria, my wife and I, after the service, and, uh, you know, we were able to guess, just get a little sense of, of the things that you're going through. Some things we don't understand. We just, we just don't, do we? And, and uh, we ask, Lord, why? But can we simply trust God that He's in ultimate control. We don't get it, but God gets it, and He's in ultimate control, and He only wants our best. Now many of you are familiar with the story of of Joseph, and uh, Joseph's older brothers were jealous of him. And uh, so they stripped off his beautiful robe and he threw him in a dry well and sold him to, uh, to a caravan of traders that came by. Nice guys, huh? Uh, none of my brothers ever did anything that mean to me, but, uh, you know, they, uh, Joseph went on down into Egypt and, and uh, he was bought by the captain of, this, of the guard. And... Uh, after a while uh, the guards, the the captain's uh, wife uh, accused Joseph of messing with her so he got thrown into prison and uh, there in prison he was able to interpret some dreams and landed a job as the uh, right-hand man to the Pharaoh and uh, so he was made uh, the secretary of agriculture and he started this big uh, program there were seven Uh, years of of, uh, bumper crops in Egypt and so they stored away the excess and uh, then the drought came and it was a regional drought all over the country and and uh, people came to buy food and and eventually uh, Joseph's brothers came down to Egypt to buy food and to make a long story short Uh, Joseph finally revealed his identity to his flabbergasted brothers, and in Genesis 45, 4 and 5, reads, So Joseph said to his brothers, Come near to me, please. And they came near, and he said, I am your brother, Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. AND NOW DO NOT BE DISTRESSED OR ANGRY WITH YOURSELVES, BECAUSE YOU SOLD ME HERE, FOR GOD SENT ME BEFORE YOU TO PRESERVE LIFE. WELL, LATER, AFTER THE DEATH OF JACOB, THEIR FATHER, THE BROTHERS WERE AFRAID THAT NOW JOSEPH'S GONNA GET US. NOW HE'S GONNA GET EVEN NOW. AND uh, and IN verse 50, CHAPTER 50, 19 AND 20, BUT JOSEPH SAID TO THEM, Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil for me, but God meant it for good to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Joseph had the godly wisdom to see that God was working all things together for good, even the bad things. God somehow WORKED IT ALL FOR GOOD. AND THERE'S A TREMENDOUS LESSON in, IN THAT FOR US. GOD HAS A PURPOSE IN ALL THINGS. NOW, THAT IS NOT TO SAY THAT WE SHOULD TAKE A FATALISTIC VIEW OF LIFE. Te sirah, WHATEVER WILL BE, WILL BE. Uh, IT MAKES NO DIFFERENCE WHAT I DO, HOW I LIVE, WHAT CHOICES I MAKE. NO, WE'RE NOT SAYING THAT. Uh, WHAT WE DO DOES MATTER. The choices we make do count. But the lesson is this we must put our trust in God that He is ultimately in sovereign control. Romans 8 28, and we know, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. We know this, don't we? At least we're supposed to know this. We know. But do we really believe it? Do we really take it to heart? Do we really live with this kind of confidence? Or are we blinded to this wonderful truth? Do we silently doubt that God really is at work in our situation? Well, this ta- brings us to a final question today, and that is, how do we know? that God is working all things together for our good. Uh, verses 31 through 39 give us some wonderful assurances. Uh, 31, 32, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also uh, with him graciously give us all things if god is for us who can stand against us Uh, certainly god does not stand against us Uh, he gave his son to save us now he will graciously give us all good things let's uh, get this through our heads god is for us you know uh, i have uh, in my cell phone pictures of our four grandchildren. And uh, my son and his wife and daughter and her husband are with us today, and I think the kids are all back in the children's uh, ministry. But, uh, you know, I I love to show off pictures of my my grandkids, you know. I'll show them to anyone who'll look at them. And even if they don't want to see them, I'll still make them... (laughs) Look at my grandkids, because I love them, and I'm pretty proud of them. Um, We had them all over Friday night for sleepover at Nana and Papa's house, and we just uh, love our grandkids. But, um, you know, think of it now. If God had a cell phone, your picture would be in it. If he had a refrigerator, your, your picture would be on it. Uh, God loves you and he's proud of you and he, he, he's pleased to call you his child uh, and he's pleased to claim you as his own. God is for you, not against you. Uh, verse 33, Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Uh, it is God who justifies. No one can charge us. Satan is always accusing us before God. Revelation 12.10 speaks of Satan as the accuser of the Christian brothers and sisters who accuses them night and day before God, but God throws those charges out of court. Our sins have all been covered by the blood of Jesus. Verse 34, who is he that condemns? Jesus Christ is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Point is, no one will condemn us. Christ will surely not condemn us. He is the one who died on the cross for our sins, who rose from the grave, who even now is at the right hand of the Father in heaven, and he is making intercession for us. 1 John 2, 1, My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Romans 8, 1. Is it up on our board? Can you see that? Can you read that with me? Okay. There is therefore now no condemnation FOR THOSE WHO ARE IN CHRIST JESUS. ISN'T THAT A WONDERFUL THOUGHT? NO CONDEMNATION. HERE'S ANOTHER ASSURANCE. verses 35, 36, CAN ANYTHING EVER SEPARATE US FROM CHRIST'S LOVE? DOES IT MEAN THAT HE NO LONGER LOVES US IF WE HAVE TROUBLE OR CALAMITY, OR ARE PERSECUTED, OR HUNGRY OR DESTITUTE, OR IN DANGER OR THREATENED WITH DEATH? As the Scripture says in uh, Psalm 44, 16, I think it is, somewhere in there, Um, but quote from Scripture, 22, I think. But it says, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. If we are suffering, uh, does this mean that God no longer loves us That he's turned his back on us? No, quite the contrary. It has always been the lot of God's people that they have been exposed to persecution and suffering. Verse 37, knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Uh, Despite the harsh and cruel things that happen in life, uh, we have overwhelming victory through Jesus Christ, who loves us. And verses 38, 39 conclude, for I am sure that neither death nor life, neither angels nor rulers, neither things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Think of it, nothing, absolutely nothing can separate us from the love of God. Things seen, things unseen, nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God. And as a believer in Christ, you can have this wonderful assurance today. Professor... E.C. Caldwell ended his lecture to a seminary class uh, with these words. He says, tomorrow I'm teaching on Romans 8. So tonight, as you study, pay special attention to verse 28. Notice what this verse says and what it doesn't say. And then he added one final word before I dismiss you. Whatever happens in all the years to come, remember... Romans 8:28 will always hold true. That same day, Dr. Caldwell and his wife were in this horrible accident, auto-train accident. She was killed instantly, and he was crippled for life. Months later, Professor Caldwell returned to his students who clearly remembered his last words. And the room was hushed as he stood up to begin his lecture. He said, Romans 8, 28, still holds true. One day we shall see God's good even in this. Yes, so many things in life that are hard for us to understand. Why does God allow tragic things to happen? We don't have the answers. But I believe that God is good and that God is all-powerful. I believe that nothing in all creation can separate us from God's love. And I believe that someday we, as Christ followers, will see Jesus face to face. And when we see him, we'll be made like him. In the words of an old song, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. And let me close with these words. Well, let's, let's go back for just a minute. Let's go back for just a minute to Romans 8, 26 through 27. It says, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Sometimes we're so weak, so fragile, so hurting, so bewildered that we don't even know how to pray or what to pray. But the Holy Spirit living inside us prays for us with groans we can't express. God knows our hearts. He hears the Holy Spirit's pleading on our behalf. The Holy Spirit fills up what's lacking in our prayers and puts them in harmony with God's will. And what is God's will for our lives? That we be conformed to the image of God. Romans 8.28, one more time. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Let's personalize that, okay? Will you repeat after me, and I know that all things work together for my good because I love God and I have been called according to His purpose. Whatever you're facing today, Whatever you may face tomorrow, believe that God is in control. Look to Him for your help, your strength, and trust Him. I close with these words by Alan Redpath. There is nothing, no circumstance, no trouble, no testing that can ever touch me until, first of all, it has gone past God and past Christ right through to me. If it has come that far... It has come with a great purpose, which I may not understand at the moment, but as I refuse to become panicky, as I lift up my eyes to him and accept it as coming from the throne of God for some great purpose of blessing to my own heart, no sorrow will ever disturb me, no trial will ever disarm me, no circumstance will ever cause me to fret for I shall rest in the joy of what my Lord is. Let's pray. Father, we pray that we will take the words of Romans 8:28 to heart, that we'll claim it as our promise, that we will live in that confidence, that faith, that, Lord, you will work all things together for our ultimate good. So help us to trust you. Help us to look to you in faith and lord today if there are those who are going through deep trials in their lives i would just pray lord your special comfort your peace your strength for them i pray this in jesus name and if there are those who perhaps don't know jesus as their lord and savior i would today pray that they would ask jesus come into my heart forgive my sin make me your child